Father, um, I am really, really grateful for this house, for the people who attend here, for the people who are connected here, um, those watching online. There's, there is something very cool that you're doing in the middle of what is also crazy. Um, so God, I, we're just grateful that your presence never leaves us. And that there's something um, that you are doing that's fresh and refreshing. And I'm just saying thank you and yes, more of it and amen. So, I, God, I ask that every single person listening would be encouraged. Um, that there's something of what you've put in me that would encourage them in their life, in their spiritual life, to help them discover your love and your goodness. And, God, I pray for me, especially that you would give me clear words um, to say what you put on my heart. And I ask that. It would touch those who are listening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so I, I want to tell you a little story before we jump in. Um, so I had every intention to teach to you this morning, Revelations 4 and 5, in the three different positions of the rapture. And somebody who likes that stuff is going, why didn't you do it, Pastor? Because I was there yesterday reviewing notes, and I'm going through it. And I, it, I don't know if any of the rest of you ever do this. I started to write something, and I erased like half the document. And I'm like, okay, really? And I did it so fast that I clicked save at the same time. So I'm like, I, this is what I did. I went, and then I did something else, and I went, and Heather goes, um, you're huffing and puffing, which incidentally in our world, if I huff and puff, that's not, not good. Anybody else huff and puff? Am I the only huffer? Okay, so I'm not, okay, good. I'm not totally alone, but I'm huffing and puffing. And then she says this to me. She says, well, maybe God wants you to teach something different. To which I said, <sighs> I just did. I'm like, come on, you got to be kidding. It's Saturday, and we've got a going away party tonight, and I don't have any time. And I started to just pray. And when I prayed, I felt like the Lord said, I, I don't want you to do that. And I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, just get up early and I'll show you. So what I'm sharing with you, I say, Pastor, we give you grace. Come on, just say that with Pastor. Because I did this at four in the morning. Okay, so, so I'm not pretending to say it perfectly or articulately or whatever. But I, I just really felt like the Lord said, I, I want you to share with them about kind of wrestling out the journey. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, not that I want to make this the centerpiece of anything. I don't want Jesus to be the centerpiece. But I was diagnosed with something, and those of you around know, but it's not a small thing. It's fairly serious. And the journey for that has been pretty deep. Like, some of it has been, like, God really present, and some of it has been me in my head. And, and if you've ever gone through anything, you know what I'm talking about. It's not always easy to work through the journey of faith when it's impacting you. Now, now last week, what did I teach you guys about? I taught you guys about body soul and spirit. I talked to you about the triunity of man, that, that we as people were designed to sit spirit to spirit with God. That's why we have a spirit. Now your soul is your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if you want to listen to this, you can go back last week. I'm not going to rehearse the whole thing, but it's what makes you uniquely you. And your body is your physical body, your flesh. And, and I share with you that, that, that life is lived out of that aspect and it'll hit you in different ways at different times. And we're called to surrender all of that to God. And I said this to you, your spirit communes with God's spirit. And I said, and your soul communes with God's spirit, but it also communes with, with others. And your body appreciates just God and his creation. So you, you experience it. Like uh, we saw a sunset over, our, over the lake last week and it was just, I can't even see color and it was cool. 
you know, it was just really remarkable. So your body connects like that. So, so as I was kind of processing this, and I'm like, God, what do you want me to share about? And he said, I want you to share what happened to you this week, but I want you to teach it so they understand. Now, I want to say this to you, and this is not anything new, and even some of the stuff I'm going to share with you is not new. Like, you've heard it, but this is also what I know about people. I can teach you this 10 times, and on the 10th time, you might get it. I just know that to be true. How do I know that? Because I've been taught things 20 times, and on the 20th time, I didn't get it. Because I understand that some of, some of the discovery of who God is depends on your journey. Like, God will bring to your remembrance things you need when you exactly and so some of what i'm going to share with you is not going to be revolutionary but some of it hopefully will stick in your heart and maybe help you make sense of some of the things god is up to in your world right now now you know you guys know the devil is out to destroy you right that's not new right we understand that you know that he doesn't tire and he doesn't like lay up like like my brother and i were talking yesterday and he had some incident happen and, and we were like just frustrated with the entitlement of the culture. He goes, man, this guy was in. And he goes, I wanted to pop him one. And I go, yeah, I'm glad you didn't do that, you know, because I know it would have been bailing you out of jail or something, you know, I'm just, I'm teasing. But, but the, the, the culture has gone so far aside from a common value that it's hard to even know how people will respond. And I said, but to me, that's how the devil works. You, he just keeps degrading everything to where people feel like they have a right to be, well, kind of jerks sometimes. And then we're left to try to wrestle that stuff through. And, and he doesn't ease up, though. He'll use every angle he can to get to us. And, and this is what Paul said about that. This is Ephesians chapter 6. And again, I've taught this to you before, but hopefully some of these things kind of stand out a little more. And this is in verse 11. He says, put on the full armor of God. And we'll talk about that a little more in just a second. But that, so that you will be able to stand firm, watch, against the schemes of the devil, for our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Somebody say it. It's not against flesh and blood. It's really not. You can put that back up on the screen. I keep reading. It's not, but, but it is against powers, against world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. But the thing I want to point out to you is it says that the devil schemes. Now, you ever been around somebody who schemes? Yeah, you ever, like, like, if you're a car salesman, I apologize, but they're always trying to get more money. How do you, kidding. It could be any salesman, but, but there, there's scheming going on. There's, you're being told one thing, but there's something behind it that you don't fully get the picture of. This is what the devil does all day long. What, what it literally means is this. It's the word methodia in the Greek, which means he has a method, which means he's got a plan to destroy you. Now, for those of you who are electronic in nature or you, you work on stuff, you get a schematic to solve something, he has a schematic to solve you. And he never lets up. Amen. He never lets up. You know, I, I, by God's grace, my whole life, I've been healthy. Like, I've been, like, I don't, the doctors tell me, go to the doctor because we don't have any history on you. And I say, why would I go to the doctor? I'm not sick. You know, you know so I'm that guy. And I've been blessed that way. Um, until just this recent incident. So I'm like, okay, God, I, I need you to help me understand how to navigate this because this is all new and hard. How many of you are facing things that are new and hard? Okay, that, that's what I'm talking about because sometimes the journey, it doesn't make sense until you're in a situation where it needs to make sense for you. But the devil is scheming 
He, th this suggests that he's constantly and repeatedly attacking you with an incalculable variety of attacks. That's what it means. That's people smarter than me reading the Greek, giving me information to say to you, he's always on your heels, he's always on your tail, he's always trying to get you distracted from who God is, from trusting him, from his faithfulness. And, and the point is this, he has a plan against you, you're in a spiritual battle, and listen, you will not solve a spiritual battle naturally. It just doesn't work that way. You go, oh, if I just do this, and if I just ate more of that, and if I just went this direction, and if I put my... Mm -mm. If it's a spiritual battle, you have to fight spiritual battles spiritually. So how do you do that? Wow, that's a great question. Wait, wait, come on, come on. Oh, wow, that's, I'm really glad you asked. That's a really great... No, the reality is this, that, that Paul goes on to say, to say, listen, you need to put on the belt of truth. The helmet of salvation, the, the breastplate of righteousness, gird your loins with, with, with truth. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. Put the gospel of peace on your feet. So, okay, that's great. What does that mean? I don't know. You guys haven't really thought about it? What does it mean? What does it mean I'm going to put on the belt of truth? I got it. No, I don't have a belt on this morning. It holds my pants up, and that's the truth. I mean, I'm just saying. And it's a good thing because it'd be bad if it didn't. But, but what does that mean exactly? See, see I'm going to summarize this into just one word. You ready? Jesus. It literally means that you put on Christ. That's literally what it means. Every one of those components of the armor of God are literally a representation or a title of Jesus. He's the word of truth. He's truth, the way, the truth, the life. He's the righteousness of God. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's salvation. He's our salvation. He is the gospel of peace. He's the one that we place our faith in. He's the shield of faith. We take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He is literally the word of God manifest. And, I, and this is maybe my favorite. Pray with all types of prayer. You know that Jesus is ever making intercession for you. I don't know, like sometimes we think like, he doesn't know, he's not on my side. Can I help you? He's way on your side. Now, but if you're in the thick of it, how many of you guys are in the thick of it? Whoo, the thick of it makes it hard to see he's on your side, doesn't it? See, see, listen, listen. I love being together with you guys. You know why I love being together with you? I said this last week. We worship together. We enjoy the presence of God. And then I got to go home and I'm just left with me. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm not a very good companion when I'm in difficult things. Yep. Am I talking to anybody right now? Yep. Like you get in your head. How many of you guys overthink? Yep. Come on. How many of you guys get, and then it gets into your emotions, and the, the world is awful, and everybody's against me, and woe is me, and boo. Like you don't even want to be around you. It's so bad. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. See, if we don't recognize the battle, then the battle starts to land in our soul, and it starts to take over the way we act, the way we think, the way we feel. And that's when it becomes particularly demonic because you're now losing the spiritual battle that you're in. So I want to share with you just a couple things through the journey that God has been saying to me. And I think they will encourage you. So the first thing is, is this, today. Now, I've been a Christian. I just turned 36 years old as a Christian. That's kind of cool, right? So I'm 58. I've been serving Jesus 36 years. Um, and some of you have been doing it longer than me, and some of you are brand new to it. But 
what I'm going to share with you right now is the very first verse I ever memorized. Okay, so how many of you guys memorize your Bible? Oh, wow, wow, man, I'm, oh, that breaks my heart. It really does. So you're like, well, no, I get, I get things on TikTok, Pastor. Instagram pops me up a scripture every morning. Now, okay, that's good. It counts for something. But I'm talking about hiding the word in your heart. That's what I'm talking about. There is a difference because the Holy Spirit can draw it out of your heart when you hide it in your heart. But otherwise, he can't draw it out if it's not planted in. Some of you are like, I have a terrible memory. I'm not talking about memorizing it word for word. I'm talking about principle by principle. I'm talking about who God is, every jot, every tittle, that kind of thing. So who is he in person, in nature? I don't think you necessarily need to quote the verse, but you need to understand the character and nature of God within the verse. That makes sense? So, so get more of it in you. So, so I, I just have learned this over all these years. I forget really easily. Now, by the way, I'm not speaking of my memory. I have a remarkable memory. I'm talking about my spirit. I forget easily. Anybody else forget easily? Watch. Did anybody have God do something for you, say, in the last month? Where it's like, wow, that was really cool. Had you already forgotten? <laughs> you know, you know, because he'll do stuff. And how do you know if you've forgotten? You'll face something else difficult, and you'll forget that he was faithful. You're like, why are you letting this happen? Now I'm talking about human nature. It's just what we do. Well, I can forget easily. Many of you would be the same. You'd say, I forget really easily. Um, but I know this, that the more that you practice, the more that you remember, the more that you hide it in the, your heart, the more the Spirit can draw it out. So here's the verse. Here's the verse, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And this is the part. So don't worry about tomorrow. Let, let's do that again. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay, y'all can go home now. Have a nice night. <laughs> so so the, the day that, that I got the diagnosis, the next morning I got up, and I was downstairs praying, and, and I needless to say, I was a little beside myself. You know, you get this negative news, and your mind's going all sorts of places. And, and I was praying, and just, you know, like I, I share with you guys, I, I'm really candid. God speaks. Hello? God speaks. Now, and I shared with you guys last week, I, I've only heard God audibly once, but I hear him speak to me all the time. A lot of times it's inner, a lot of times it's a contrary thought to the way I'm thinking. It, it often sounds like my dad in my world. I don't know how, who it sounds like, but, you know, some of you are like, sounds like Morgan Freeman. I don't know, but it sounds like, you know, I don't know, whatever works for you. At least you didn't say George Burns, because that's, that's real. Anyways, that's going way back. But he just said this to me, one word. He said, Today. Today. And I go, and I said back, I go, today, because I'm, I'm just praying. I'm like, today? And he said, I just need you to do today. Okay, today. So listen, God is saying to all of you, I just need you to do today. He doesn't want you to worry. By the way, I, I would like to say to you, he told me that once, and I'm doing great with it. That would be a lie. That would be a lie. I'm telling you that this is a spiritual battle, remember? And the devil is relentless, and he has incalculable attacks on you. So that means you have to do the armor how often? Every day. And sometimes multiple times within a day. And sometimes you have to remind the devil that I do have the breastplate of righteousness on, and you can't make me guilty. And I, do have the, and I can trample you under my feet because the word of God says so. 
Uh, and no weapon fashioned against me will prosper because Jesus said so. You, you have to keep reminding him of the battle that you're experiencing because sometimes, listen, you need to convince yourself. You need to convince yourself that that's what's going on. How do I know that? Because I've been doing this every day. Sometimes very successfully and sometimes not so much. In the days that it's not so much, I trust his mercy. In the day that, that I win, I... I Flex, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sucker. <laughs> I don't get full of myself, but I understand this full well that there are times you really need to contend, and particularly you need to contend in your thought life. That's just, that's my greatest battle personally. Many of you would say the same. It's the way I think my mind wanders. What if? What if? Listen, worrying about what if doesn't make it any different at all. Like Jesus goes on to say, who by you, who, who of you by worrying could add one cubit to his stature? Like, don't you consider the lilies of the field or the sparrows? They don't, they don't sow or reap, and yet God cares for them. And how much more valuable are you to God than they are? Amen. So there's something of us parking ourselves in today. Listen, the Bible is also very clear about planning. I'm, I'm not speaking about planning. No man sets out to build a bridge without counting the cost, right? I'm talking about trouble. I'm talking about daily life when there's pressure. Focus on what? Today. If you're worrying, take every thought captive. And incidentally, that is a spiritual battle in the biggest form. Biggest form. You know, somebody left me a note, and it had to do with the way that I'm thinking. You know, so that you all know, I'm really transparent with you all. And so if it sounds like I'm losing the battle, I want to assure you I'm not. Okay? I'm not. And I want to encourage you, keep writing me notes and sending me prayers. I love it. I really do love it. But, but understand this. I'm sharing transparently with you, not because I'm losing this fight, but because I'm actually doing well. Like somebody asked me, how are you doing today? And I said, strangely, really well. They go, why? Oh, I'm not in any pain. I feel a lot of health. I feel good. You know, somebody goes, you think you're healed? I'm like, I'll take it if he does it. But either way, I'm having a, I feel great. L listen, but some of that is how you think determines how you behave and act. So some of it is I'm taking thoughts captive. Do I feel great about everything? No. No, I don't. But I understand this, that worrying about it doesn't change it. So God said to me, I just need you to do what today? God is saying to you, I just need you to do what? That's it. Just today. Focus on today. The sufficient for the day is its troubles. The next day is its... But you can do today. This is spiritual. It's warfare. Warfare is not easy. Say it's not easy. Warfare is not easy because something's trying to kill you. It takes training. Like you look at the military, they're well-trained and they respond well because they're well-trained. This is part of your training. It takes resilience. You will get hit sometimes. You'll get hit sometimes. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Listen, when you get hit, you find somebody who you love who will lift you up spiritually. Like Scott and Ruth Ann have been, almost every other day, they're texting me and praying for me, sending me songs. Many of you are doing the same. And Scott and I have been good friends for a long time. And I just, I love him and I trust him. And so when he reaches out and he says, we got you every day, I'm like, I know that. And it makes me feel secure because there's some things I don't have to carry. So when I get hit, I send him a message. 
It was a rough day. I was in my head too much. And he'll pray. Gotcha, we're praying. And I do that with two or three or four of you, and then I'm sending out prayer requests as well. But my point is this. I want to encourage you, just focus on today. When you do get hit, find somebody who's spiritual, that you trust, that you can say, will you pray? And encourage my heart and lift me up. That's the power and strength of the church. That's why you're together. If one, if, if one falls down alone, the Bible says, woe to him. But, but if two are there, he can lift the other up, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You need each other. That's the point I'm making. Okay, the next thing. Again, this is just random things that God has been dropping in me. And this is kind of the idea of treasures. Now, we're a yard sale family. How many, anybody else yard sale? Second-hand store, thrift stores. Man, some of you are all bougie, man. You guys got money. I'm, I'm a yard sale guy because I'm broke, okay? <laughs> That's why I yard sale. I mean, I look at that. I'm like, boy, that chest is ugly. My wife goes, we can paint it. I go, I'll paint it. Just save me 500 bucks. And then I sell it, lay it, no. But seriously, we yard sale, and, we, and sometimes we find treasures. So I, I went to this one yard sale. By the way, Heather's treasures and my treasures are quite different. Mine all belong in the garage. Hers end up in the house. And then she looks at the garage. She said, why don't you find a shelf? Call that a treasure. Anyways, so, so I go to a, a garage sale, and there's all these tools. And, and I know the guy says to me, I'm moving to Texas, and I'm leaving tomorrow. So th- what do I hear? I'm about to get a deal. That's what I hear. I'm like, so I pile all these tools up, and I go, how much you want for that? And he goes, 75, I go, 35, we're like going, like, no, seriously, I went low, and then he's like, he's like, well, he goes, man, he just looks at me, he goes, man, I go, hey, you don't have to say yes, I, I, I swear to myself, you don't have to say yes, and he goes, fine, fine, and I go, will you throw that in, he goes, are you serious, <laughs> I'm serious, I looked at him, I said, what are you going to do, put it in the garage and throw it in the trash tomorrow, come on, man, I'll make something pretty for my wife with it. And I'm joking with him. He's laughing. So I end up getting all, like probably $250, $300 worth of tools. And sometimes I'll get them and, and I'll give them away. Like I, I bought a nail gun. I had two nail guns, gave one to my brother. Yeah, I just do that. But, but I, it's just I love finding treasures, deals. Heather would say the same. She bought this teetering scale thing that you put on the can. It's really cute, and I think we paid three bucks for it. So I'm like, man, Hobby Lobby, that thing's 40. We just made out like it's awesome. And sometimes we buy things that aren't all that great. But. <laughs> Matthew 13, 44, it says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found, and then he hid it again, and for joy over it, he goes and sells everything that he has. And he buys that field. See, oftentimes, what we find in difficulty is treasure. That, listen, you won't find elsewhere. And you won't find it under other circumstances. Now, listen, I'm not wishing difficulty on anybody. But if you've been alive for any period of time, life is hard sometimes, right? What, What I'm trying to encourage you with is if you'll find God in the middle, you'll find the hidden treasure that releases the kingdom of God in your life. So it's, it's, it's a, something that God holds for people. Now, I don't, I, I, if I'm honest, I'm not God, and I don't understand why pain is so powerful for us. It brings out such an utter dependency from us on God, unlike, if I'm honest, nothing else in my life does. Because when things are good, I kind of like, eh, things are good. But when they're hard, it, you lean into God in a way different way. 
There's a whole different level of dependency for, for every decision, every action. See, we get a piece of God in a way that we would never get it otherwise. And, you know, can there be fruit and pain? Can pain be something that's productive? Can it be something that helps us discover God? You know, many of you read a book, uh, The Prayer of Jabez. It probably came out 20 years ago. How many of you guys have read that book or heard of that book or heard teaching on Jabez? And I'm not going to go through the whole teaching. I'm just going to give you a couple nuggets. But this is out of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. It says, it says this, that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. So kind of crazy. His name actually means sorrow because he was born with pain. It says, now Jabez called out to the God of Israel saying, O God, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border and that my hand, that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm that it may not pain me personally. And he granted him what he requested. You know, when I read that part that it may not pain me personally, you know, this is, this is what I've learned in this season. A lot of times we want the fruit of pain without pain. Like, listen, the fruit of pain is deep and wide. The fruit of pain lets you speak into someone's heart something that, like, liberates them, gives them context for who God is and what he's doing and why he's doing it. Like, I don't understand why God uses pain, but I do know this. It's really, really effective. You know, because as far as I'm concerned, I don't ever want to experience anything painful ever. Can I get an amen? amen? I think everybody in the room is like, I want life to be really smooth and easy. I don't want difficulty. I want there always to be money in the bank. I want my woman to always like me. I want my man to always spoil me. I want my kids to always be lined up. I want everything right. And if you've been alive for any period of time, you know that life isn't like that. And, and if you've been alive any time, you'll learn this, that you discover God more deeply in those moments than you do when you don't have to trust him. So, so I, what did Jabez get? Bless me, enlarge my border, be my right hand, keep me from harm. I think that's a pretty legitimate prayer. I think it's a prayer maybe you should consider for yourself. But understand this, that his name means sorrow and he was born in pain. But what did he discover from that? A forthrightness with God that many of us don't understand. So listen, when, when I read that again, I went, God, I want that. If I got to go through junk, I want that. I want you to enlarge my, my territory. I want you to give me more spiritual influence. I, I want you to give me what I can't possess on my own natural ability because I've journeyed with you through something deep. This makes sense for you guys? Because some of you are in stuff and God is like, listen, if you want the reward, you got to dial in. You don't get the reward of pain without actually going through some pain. So you know what isn't good, though? When pain becomes our identity. I love you all. Say, pastor loves me. Man, don't nobody like no Eeyore Christians. I'm saying like no one likes that. Like, how you doing? Oh, my back. How you doing today? Oh, my feet, too. And Oh, ain't got no money. Like, no one likes that. And I'm not, like, I get it. Like, you have people in your life, like, you, I get complaining. I've already told you I've got a master's degree and a doctorate in complaining. I do. I'm really good at it. And what God is doing is stop. See, because when you complain, you train your brain to do it. You train, you, you literally do. Like get in the car, oh, so much traffic, I hate traffic. You're training your brain to complain. 
And it's not good for you. And it's not good for me. And listen, I'm not speaking to you this because I, I, as somebody who has achieved, but I'm recognizing stop complaining. So what, what's the opposite of complaining? Grateful, thankfulness. So, so maybe this, maybe you get on the freeway and you're like, oh, all these lovely people with jobs going to work. <laughs> oh, God, thank you that I have a job and thank you that I have a car and I get to drive. You flip the switch because when you complain, you train your brain to live in, in negativity and you want to train it to live with God, grateful, thankful. And listen, I can tell you right now, if you start doing this, you'll realize it. That's the number one thing. You start actually trying to train what you say and think, you'll realize just how negative you are. You know, because as soon as, and this is only recent, only in the last couple of weeks, God's like, do you realize you're always saying something negative? So some of you ask me, how are you doing today? And I'm not lying. I am doing great. As good as I've felt in four months. That's a long time to not feel good, by the way. Four months is a long time. I feel great. I don't know what that means, but I'll take it. Because feeling great is great. Could I say to you, oh, this or yeah, yeah, I could, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I just want to li listen. God is good. God is good. And I want to live with thankfulness, with a positive heart. You know, when we don't do that, though, we run into the challenge of grieving God. You know, the people of God are being let out. This is Isaiah 63. I'm only going to read one verse. They're being let out, and they start to rebel against God. And God says, but they rebelled, and they grieved the Holy Spirit. And he says, therefore, he turned himself to become their enemy, and he fought against them. Like, I don't know if you've ever really thought about this, but you can actually make God against you by just going against him. Now, some of you are like, ooh, that's awfully Old Testament, Pastor. No, 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 no. I understand that sometimes when God is against you, it's to break you in grace, not in destruction. Listen, God can do this, and we're all done for, right? But that's not what he's doing. Usually when we're in rebellion, the breaking is because he's drawing you close, not, not pushing you away. Man, I, I, li listen, I love y'all. I'm about as stupid as they come. You can say it. Pastor's stupid sometimes. He just, no, don't say that. I don't want you to say it. But I, listen, I'm thick. I'm, and I don't mean thick. I mean thick. I'm thick. I'm just, and some of you are the same. And I just don't, like, sometimes I just don't get it. And I've never encountered a time where I got the chastisement of God and it didn't bring me life. That's really important because some of you think that God is whooping up on you. Mm-mm. If he's correcting you, it's because he's trying to bring you into freedom, not into correction. He can, he can just destroy us because he's God. I mean, fortunately, we serve a God who's merciful and compassionate. Amen. But he can actually do, what, do, do that to us, but he chooses not to. So when we grieve, listen, this is literally what this word means in the Hebrew. This is wild. It means to stretch out a shape or, or literally to form God in a different form. And it means to worship that. So you shape God in a way that you see him, and then you worship it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to worship anything that doesn't actually represent who God is. So it's, can I get an amen to that? Because that's actually what that means. Like, so, so what do I mean in saying this? I don't want you to worship pain. I don't want you to worship it and make it your identity. That, that's what's happened. They're, they're out of sorts with God. Paul put it this way. Ephesians 4.30 says, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen, he's saying, don't make God sorrowful. Don't offend him. Don't affect the Spirit of God with sadness. 
Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the spirit, which literally means to extinguish, like pour water on it. Don't despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is what? Oh, wow. There's a key right there. I want you to get the key. Hold fast to that which is what? Good. Good. You're supposed to be grappling with who God is. And you're supposed to be extinguishing negative stuff and promoting positive stuff. See, to quench means to extinguish. In spiritual battle, Paul said this in Ephesians 6.16. He said, in addition to all, take up the shield of faith, which with you will be able to extinguish, quench, all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. So listen, what, what am I saying to you right now? What I'm saying to you is make sure that you're not shutting God down in your life, that you're not behaving in such a way that God, like, listen, I, I'm of the opinion, and you should be of this opinion too, God is an ever-present help in our time of need. That's how you should think about God. That's what the scriptures say about God. We should think that way about him. But there are times where because of our actions, God stands like right here, Come on, Grace, give me a good word. Can I get an amen, a thank you, Ed, Grace? Oh, this day is terrible. I'm making fun of Grace. Oh, it's terrible. Tommy's watching football. No, I'm kidding. He does. I love Tommy. If he's watching, I, I'm going to tease him later. She can do that, and it, it makes God stand, listen, ready to help, but unable to. He won't violate who he is. He just doesn't do that. Now, I know that he's a rescuer. Like, I think, like, I think this, like, like, you remember when your kids were learning to walk and you were all around them? Like, ooh, they might. You know what's funny is they're, like, really resilient. Like, they can do a header and they just get up like, hey, it's all good. But, but I, I think this, like, we walk around like we're throwing. I think God does that with us. Like, I'm right here. You fall, I got gotcha. you. I'll pick you up. I got gotcha. you. Don't, don't worry. Like, don't be so, I got gotcha. you. It's almost like he's throwing pillows so that if you fall the, the land, he's not too hard. He's just doing that with us. I want you to, to, to transform the way you think about God into this. He's always ready to help. But he wants our humble heart. He wants our surrender. He wants our, uh, listen, agreeableness with his way. Because sometimes his way, listen, doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Man, I'll tell you what, there have been many times I stood back and I went, why that way, God? Why the duck-billed platypus? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, why, but I've often asked him why. Like, why, why? And the truth is, you've got to be God to answer the why. It's better for us to walk with the, the what. God, what are you up to? I just want to walk with you. I want to discover you. What are you doing so that I can agree with what you're doing? Does that make sense? He's doing stuff in all of us. Doing stuff in all of us and our journey, like, yeah, my trouble is my trouble, your trouble is yours, but the principles that get us through those troubles are identical. Amen. If he's an ever-present help for me, he's an ever-present help for you too. Think about that, ever-present. I, I just think about that a second. Ever-present, always there, never far, never unaware. It's not like there isn't anything that's like he doesn't see that he's not concerned about. Nothing. See, to me, that is super comforting, especially if you're in the middle of a storm and you're like, this does, this is freaking me out, God. He's like, I know. I'm right here with you while you're freaking out. 
I'm sorry I'm freaking out. It's okay. It's okay. I got gotcha. you. That's, that, that's the interaction that I'm personally having with God right now. And I'm trying to encourage you with it because, uh, uh, leave that alone a second. Some of you feel guilty if you can't draw near because you feel like you're not worthy to draw near. I've made mistakes. I've done too many mistakes. My heart's too bitter. My heart's too hard. I'm, I'm, it's just, there's nothing that's cold. I used to love God. I don't love him anymore because my mom passed away and I prayed really hard. Listen, if your mom's in heaven, she's special. I tell you what. I prayed really hard and this still happened to me and it was difficult. And, and why didn't God care? He does care. There's something in the world called sin and it was born out of evil and we experience it out of our own choices. Scriptures say that the, the wages of sin is death. You know, if Jesus doesn't return, we're all going to die. At some point, we're going to face that reality. So we have to make a choice. Is God good or only good when I like what he's doing? We face a choice. All of us face this choice. So I want you to face the choice with, I don't know, an upright heart, with, with excitement. I don't want you to quench the spirit of God and miss the blessing. So Jesus has this example and this is in Matthew chapter 12, and I'll, I'll tell the story real quick, only to, to keep us moving. So um, Jesus being Jesus, I love Jesus. You know why I love Jesus? Because he's able to be sarcastic and snarky like me without sinning. I, I'm serious. Like, I watch him, and I just go, man, that's awesome. So he goes into the synagogue, and he walks by this guy, and the guy's got a withered hand. And so Jesus, like, he just draws people into the experience of what God might be like. And he says, so, so tell me. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Is that something that you think God would think is okay? He stand, listen, you got to think, imagine if somebody walked into church right now, right? Like we're all worshiping Jesus. They walk in and he walks in and he goes, hey, I got a question for you. Do you think God wants to heal anybody in the room this morning? And, we, and just for the sake of the, the, the discussion, we got the religious group on this side. They're like, heck no, that doesn't happen anymore in Jesus' name. God doesn't heal. That was only for the first century church. We got the people over here going, I think God loves everybody, wants to heal everybody. And Jesus is like, well, which is lawful? What they think or what they think? So Jesus goes, hey. And I think he does it right in front of Steve because Steve's on the right side. <laughs> I'm teasing. And he goes, stretch out your hand. And the guy stretches out his hand. And it says it's made just like the other one just like the other one. Amen. So Jesus heals in their presence. In their response, even though they watched all that, even with the questions, their response is, we got to get this guy. We got to get him. Because, he's, listen, the bottom line is this. He's making us look stupid. That's what's going on. And then Jesus says this. He says, man, listen, I know that people experience pain in life. Some of you have experienced pain in life. I've experienced pain in life. And he says this in verse 20, a battered reed he won't break off. Ooh. I don't know, you ever seen the wind really blow a reed apart? You ever seen that happen? Like it really, come on, you live in Fontana. You've seen it do it to happen to trees. And then he says this, in a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to, to victory. Until he sets in, 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 in his name, the Gentiles will have hope. 
Um, so if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile, by the way. So if you're in the room and, and you're not Jewish by descent, it, the, it's the rest of us. And he said this, if you're really hurting, I won't break you. And if you're just barely, like, you guys ever like blown out a candle and you, you do this? And it goes, it comes back to light. Jesus is doing that in your life. Thank you, Lord. That's what he's doing. You think, man, he doesn't care. Like, I got nothing. I'm empty. And he says this. That's what he's doing. How do I know that? He's been doing that with me for the last month. I get up in the mornings, and I pray, and, and I dial into God the best I know how. And there's times I have to come, and I have to serve you. And I, and I think, what am I going to give him? Like, I'm struggling right now. Jesus, you're watching it. This isn't easy. And he goes, <sighs> and I find myself going, okay, I don't think that's great, but I'll give it, and I'll trust you to give it to them. So what am I doing this morning? What I just said. Amen. I, listen, you can ask people who know me, people who watch me, people who know, know me. Henry looks at me, you okay this morning? I said, I feel great. That's not what I asked. You okay? I'm working on being okay. I sure do wish he would have told me on Wednesday that he didn't want me to teach that. Would have been a lot. No, that's what's going on. But, but I'm thinking, man, I hope I have something that encourages their hearts. That's, that's what goes on in me. Because when it's all said and done, I don't want you to think I'm the centerpiece, that I'm funny, or it's woe is me. I don't want that. I want you to connect to a principle of who Jesus is in your life. Amen. And I want you to be able to walk out, even if it's only one nugget. I'm hoping it's more than one, but if it's only one, I hope you walk out going, he's doing this to me. <sighs> he's making me come back to life. Because he does that with all of us. He does it with every single one of us. He said, I won't break you. God won't break you. Nor will he ever give you more than you can handle. He just won't do that. He won't put you out, even if you're just barely, barely, barely making it. Man, when David was interacting with Abimelech, I don't know if you guys remember this story, he acted mad so that the, the king would leave him alone. And, and David writes about it in Psalm 34, verse 17. He says this, he said, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. You know, that's super comforting. It really is. I've cried a lot, but I still have trouble. Okay, so I, and I think many of us would say the same, but I'm still in the thick of it. He goes on, though. He says, listen, the Lord is near to the, the brokenhearted, literally those who are shattered inwardly, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. How many? Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. But the Lord delivers them out of how many? See, there's something of walking with Jesus over lots of years and lots of years in different trials and different circumstances. And I'm talking to many of you who understand what I'm saying. And I'm talking to some of you who need to grab what I'm saying, that he's faithful. He'll never give you more than you can handle. And he will deliver you out of them all. Now, listen, listen. I had to come to this place, though. Like, I had to wrestle around with, okay, Jesus, if you take me home, which, incidentally, it doesn't look like that's anything close. I don't want anyone freaking out. But if you take me home, is that bad? I thought, no, I think the goal is heaven. Isn't it? Isn't it? Help me, church. Isn't that the goal? We live for eternity, not for today. But we're caught in the temporal, so we hold it very, very dearly and very tightly. 
Listen, I don't think Jesus was done with me. I told you guys a couple weeks ago, I'm not done bugging you. I'm <laughs> just not. He put me here so that I could annoy you. That's, that's the goal. So listen, I, I want to encourage you that God is with you. God is near. God saves. And he's mighty to save. So I have always taken the approach to walking with Jesus. And, and I'm going to wrap up with these last few thoughts. I've always taken the approach to walking with Jesus that if your life is in order with God, it's just easier. Now, now I think most of us would say, yeah, that's like if, if I'm loving my wife well, if I'm leading my kids well, if I'm working hard at work. Um, but if I'm honest, there are times where that doesn't play out in, in real life. I think you're straight with God, but the circumstances of life, you know, it, it's just frankly not true. Now, I think that God is still big, and he's glorious, and he's omnipotent, and he didn't change. I'm not questioning God in this. I'm making a statement about we live in a fallen world, which means that there are times where trouble comes really close into our lives, and as much as we hate it, it still happens. You know, and in my case, in particular, I don't know why anything bad's happening to me, because I'm his favorite. I just, you guys know, I'm kidding, and you all are his favorites as well. So a few weeks ago, I shared with you that whatever you fear, you'll worship. And I shared with you that for me in particular, I, I really have a hard time with pain. Like I, and I'm talking physical pain now. I, I don't do well at the dentist. I don't do well when I cut my fingers. I don't, you know, I, I just don't do pain well. You know, my wife is like, turbo, like pain doesn't bother her. She's like, baby comes out sideways. She's like, I'm good. No, I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. That didn't happen. But she's just very, very strong. And, I, and I'm not in this area. And one of the things that like the Lord showed me, and this is part of the beauty of marriage, he said, you're weak physically, but you're, you're, you have a, a strength spiritually and you guys balance each other. So there's times I'm like, this is hard. And she's like, you're okay. Like, even when I went into the last appointment, she said, just tell yourself, you're not going to die. I'm like, you're right. But I'm like, but the pain, <laughs> what about the pain? And she's like, you'll be fine. You'll make it through it. You'll be fine. Because that's how she rolls into stuff like that. And I don't do that well. But I learned that that's part of the, the helpmate, the oneness that she and I are together. And, and I shared with you a lot. Like, I don't do pain well. And she does, and, and I don't do facing things that are uncertain. And I've always thought, like, if I'm spirit to spirit, my soul is surrendered, and, and my body is obedient, that everything will be fine. It's not that way. It's not that way. So what do you do when it's not that way? Because I don't know about you, but it feels a little unfair when it's not that way, doesn't it? I, I mean, listen. How many of you guys have a resume you tell God? Come on, let's just be honest. It's not, you don't have to tell me what yours is. I'm going to demonstrate mine. It's a little stupid, though, because I'm measuring up to God. I want you to understand what pastor is about to say is a little stupid. I left a really good job to do this for you, Jesus. I left a really good job. And I said yes to being a pastor, and we've sacrificed, and we're blessed, too. I don't want to make it all negative because i got to balance it out right. I can't sound like a total jerk. And I'm just giving him my resume, and I went to school, and I left, and I'm going back to school, and, and I drive an old car, and like I'm just giving him the resume. I did all this stuff for you. And, and, and in my head, really, the outcome of that is, and you let this happen to me. 
Now, I've never said that. I've never said it to him. But it's in my heart. It's in my heart. And I was wrestling with it quite a bit. I was struggling with, uh, God, I don't want to accuse you. But I, if I'm transparent with you, I'm struggling with my resume versus what you're allowing to happen. And I just don't think that it's fair. So I go into a, an appointment last week. And I shared with you that I um, don't like pain. And it was um, the most excruciating thing I've ever experienced. It was awful. I mean, you can ask my wife. I came out. I was in shock. I was trembling. It was terrible. And, but I'm going to be really transparent with you guys. And if anybody writes me a nasty letter, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> I'm telling you the real right now. I'm not, I told you guys I would walk this out before you. So do not judge me. Don't tell me I lack faith. I'm telling you the journey that I'm in and what I'm doing to embrace God. The doctor finishes the procedure. He walks out of the room, and I started weeping. No one else is in the room. And I said this to God. I can't do this. It's too hard. I said, you know, when you hit spots like that, you realize, man, this is like as deep as it gets. Listen, some of you have experienced what I'm talking about. Some of you have walked with loved ones who have hit that spot. And I walked out, and I looked at my wife, and I said, I, I'm, I'm in shock. I can feel it. I know when my body's in shock. That was too intense of pain. It's really bad. And we got in the car, and you can ask her. It was not an easy trip home. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be emotional. I told her, drive me around the block. She said, why? I said, I don't want the kids to see me hurting like this. This is the real. I'm being real with you guys. It was very difficult. But while I was sitting in that room, tears in my eyes, this is what he put in my head. Heather, Michael, Julia, and Bella. And he just, and I could hear him. He said, you can do this. You can do this. I went, okay. Can you make it not be this bad again then, please? Because that was really hard. Can you please make it a little better? He didn't say yes. <laughs> he didn't. I wanted him to say yes. The rest of it's a breeze, and I'm just going to heal you in Jesus' name, and it'll all be. And I realized this. There's a journey in front of me. And the journey is deep and wide. And I woke up the next day, and I did not feel good. It's sore and just not. And then the next day, I'm like, I feel great. Why do I feel great today? And the next day. And the next day. And I even asked the Lord about it this morning. Why do I feel so good right now? I, for the first time in months, I feel like me. I'm sorry, I don't want to be emotional. Not because I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I want you to catch the journey. I want you to catch the journey. I said, God, why do I feel so great? He said, because you didn't let it stay in your head. You didn't let it rest. You actually took the thought captive. Did I have a weak moment? <laughs> yeah. I cried like a little girl. <laughs> I mean, that would be all. Like, listen, I'm the baby of eight boys. I got seven brothers. They'd be like, you're crying like a little girl. They would, and they would tease me that way when I was little. I did. And it was not easy. And it was not easy to not just be strong. I'm used to being strong. I'm used to being the guy encouraging you. And right now, it's very flipped. And I'm super grateful for it. I love the prayer, I love the support, but I'm telling you, the journey's real. 
it's real and it's hard and there's times, and this is what I learned from that and I hope that some of you catch this because this is really important. I, like I said, I've always had this idea, like if your spirit is dialed in with God and your soul is surrendered to your spirit who communes with God and your body's in alignment, you're not doing all sorts of stupidity and sin, which I'm not, that, that life will be good and I'll be able to see God clearly and walk with him clearly. And then that appointment happened and I found it that it shook me to the very core of who I am spiritually. Listen, this has happened to some of you. I know it has. One, because I've walked with some of you when it's happened to you. But for some of you, it's actually shattered your ability to see God. It doesn't mean you stopped wanting him in your life. It doesn't mean you're not trusting him as a saint. It's none of those things. But it's the depth of, is he present with me in this moment? Is he faithful when none of this makes sense? Is he still for me? when it's just all the opposite of what I'm asking for. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? See, because this is the real of walking faith out in your life when the life is full of brokenness and sin and pain. Am I doing it perfectly? Mm -mm. I'm not. Am I winning? Yes. I'm winning. I'm winning. And, and listen, listen, that's what he has for you. That's what I want you to get. I want you to get that, man, I got knocked down and I got back up. But, but listen, all of the stuff I've been, Scott, did I send you a message saying it was hard? I sent two or three of my brother Paul. Jojo got a message because there's two or three or four people that I can dump on. And I dump on them and I'm like, whoo, this was real. Like, man, as bad as anything I've ever been through. And they're, we're praying and they're saying, and, and, and I feel their prayers and I feel their encouragement and I'm offloading like I encouraged you to do because I understand this, that there's power in numbers. There's power in prayer. There's power in what God is up to. Listen, I, I don't know what your circumstances. I don't. I know some of you. I don't know every single person what you're going through. But I do know this, that even in those moments where it feels like, God, where did you go? He didn't leave. He didn't leave. He didn't leave. Somebody say it with me. He didn't leave. He never leaves me. He never leaves me. That's his promise. He never will leave you. He'll never forsake you. Your head is going to tell you otherwise, though. Your head is going to tell you he ain't for you. If he loved you, he wouldn't do that to you. If he loved you, he wouldn't let you go through that. If he loved you, you wouldn't have lost so-and-so or lost this or your kid wouldn't be. There'd be something that you could say. It wouldn't have happened that way if he really cared. And listen, I'm going to be the first one to tell you that is straight a lie from the pit of hell. His heart breaks when your heart is breaking. So I won't be able to do this without crying. And then I'm going to pray for y'all because I don't feel like boohooing today because I'm going to watch the Chiefs win. (laughs) I couldn't resist. Love you, Gonzalo. I'm finding another church. <laughs> you, what are you talking about? I'm a Cowboys fan. We lose for 30 years straight. You can't, you can't leave? That's funny. <laughs> Listen, what I'm going to say to you is pretty deep, and it's very personal. Um, and I, I 
question whether or not I would share this because it, it's, I don't know. I, I, again, not for sensational purposes. I want you to catch, catch the punchline or punchline, what God did. So while they're doing the procedure, I remember just being in pain. My hands were out, like stretched out, like, 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 Ooh. I don't know if you've ever really been in pain, but you're like, Ooh. and when the doctor left, I told you what, I, what happened. And, and I said this, I said, Jesus, you left me. Because it was like, it was real. And I never opened my eyes, so I don't, I don't know if this was a physical person or if it was literally Jesus. But either way, it was Jesus. He said, I didn't leave you. He said, remember when your hands got pressed to your chest? I said, yeah. He said, that was me. And I remember when it happened, there was a sense of comfort that I couldn't explain, even though it was terrible. Everything happening was terrible. But something about being right here and being held made me know that I wasn't alone. And he just told me, you're, you're, I, I didn't leave you. I will never leave you. Listen, so, some of you, I want you to just bow your heads. I want you to bow your heads. And I just want you to, I want to just speak over you a little bit and encourage you. Some of you might want personal prayer afterwards, and, and we are happy to pray with you in the journey that you're in. And, and again, I don't share this with you so that you'll say, look at Pastor James, or I want you to get this, that Jesus is faithful and he'll never leave. Like some of you are really going through difficult stuff. You're going through things in your your relationships, you're going through things in your marriages, and your heart's broken. Like, I, I'm really speaking to those whose hearts are broken right now. There's things that you desire. Your, your kids maybe are off doing what kids shouldn't do. But your heart breaks. Your heart breaks, and you're like, God, why? What? And, and, and it runs through you with, what did I do wrong? Why, do it, why is this happening to me? And I just want you to listen really clearly. You didn't do anything wrong. You know, what's wild about God is he gives all of us a will. Gives all of us a choice. And, and we as, as loved ones and parents and guardians, we do the best we can to train and raise. But ultimately, they are left to make a choice for themselves with the decisions that they make. Whether it's a husband or a wife or a child or a sibling, they... They can do stuff that's just not at all what is in the mix of walking what God would be. But Father, I want to speak over this group in the room right now, those who are listening online, and I just want to declare what, what your word says. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You're brokenhearted, and the Lord would say this to you, I'm close. You're barely, barely, barely lit. And he's fanning a flame in you. He doesn't want you to go out. In fact, I'll say it differently. He won't let you go out. That he's the God who is mighty to save. The Lord your God, he is with you. He sings songs of rejoicing over you. He sings songs of deliverance over you. The Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to him and they are safe. And listen, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
You can't get more righteous. You're like, but my behavior. Jesus will work with your behavior. But your positional righteousness, he'll never, ever, ever, ever move away from you. When the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees his spirit indwelling you. It's sustaining you. Keeping you. God, I, I pray right now that you would reveal the lies. There's lies that we've believed that have been spoken into our ears, things that were not from the throne of God. In fact, they could have been quite hellish. But we believed them. They were spoken out like a curse and, and it landed on us. But your word declares that a, a curse falsely spoken will not alight, it won't land. So God, reveal those lies, reveal those curses right now. And then we pray by the blood of Jesus that you would break the power of those. That you'd break where they've shaped the way we think and we see you in a false manner. God, we declare to you, we understand none of us is righteous. Not one of us does it right. Not one of us is perfect. And Jesus, it's why we need you so badly. It's why we need your help and your strength, your grace and your love. And God, I pray this, that today's a day of transition. God, I pray that there would be an awareness from your spirit which brings life, that's important, church, it brings life, that when we start to move out of the way you want us to think, we're complaining, we're, we're thinking poorly, we're, we're just in that whirlwind of yuck, that you would say, change the thought. Speak a grateful word. Let thankfulness well up in your heart. Let no foolish talk come from your lips. Listen, church, don't give yourself the room. Don't give yourself the room to say things and then say, but Jesus understands me. He does understand you, but he still wants you to speak life and not death. He really wants that for you, wants that for me. So God, we um, are super grateful that you're in the journey with us. We are super grateful that, as strange as it is, you collect our tears. We're also super grateful that you have a bowl of prayers that you keep that are our prayers. God, there's nothing that goes by you that you don't see or understand. And God, the, maybe the most important thing is you see each one of us. You know when we wake, when we sleep. You know our thoughts before we think. I mean, we just, God, I guess what I'm saying is I just want us to take ourselves and put them in your lap and just say, God, here we are. Shape us, heal us, liberate us, bring freedom to our lives. God, you're good. God, we want to pray the way Joe prays. And even if he takes me out, I'm going to worship him. God, help us to stay with worshipful hearts, with grateful hearts. 
And God, as we prepare to go, I do pray just a special blessing, special anointing on every single person, particularly in the room, those listening online, the cafe, people in my office, wherever they're at on the campus, God, that there would be a, a just that sense of closeness that only you can bring. And let them know that you hear them, that you're for them. And if God is for you, nothing can be against you. Jesus, we're grateful. We thank you. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Bless the Lord. I love you guys. Have an amazing rest of your day. If you are somebody who needs prayer, we would love to pray with you. Um, and we will be up here to pray with you. Um, otherwise, have a great day. Go eat barbecue or do something fun with people. And whether you like football or not, get in a crowd and enjoy yourself. Um, otherwise, God bless you. Have an amazing day.